Malik Monk, his passing ability, just what he does, just even if he's not scoring or whatever, just his playmaking ability is so underestimated for this team. And we are so lucky to have Malik Monk coming off that bench and providing that spark and doing what he needs to do. I do want to shout out Sabonis for literally holding it down on the perimeter because we all know what Chet can do. Uh, he could dribble drive, super skilled, but he did not get past him uh, for the first quarter. I think maybe in the second half or second quarter, Chet blew by him once. Yeah, what I love especially about Malik is like no matter how he's playing, he plays with like the utmost confidence. Like that's what you notice from him. He, you never see him really like, like keeping his head down or anything like that. He just has like confidence in, in himself. And I think that's so important as like an NBA player. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Joined by my co-hosts, Naima and Elizabeth. What's going on? What's up? It's Friday night, y'all. Glorious first quarter. Probably the best quarter for the beam team this year. Domas scores the first four Kings points, going strong to the hole. Herter hits a three, guarded by Josh Giddy. Domas gets a nice block on Shea. Herter bangs in his second three from gut action, which they went to a few times throughout the game. Five minutes ago, Malik Monk comes in. Immediately, the Monk and Sabonis pick and roll is activated for a Domas layup. Monk then hits a sexy bounce pass, dime to Herter. Herter then sidesteps and hits his third three. Is he back? Maybe. Monk hits a pull-up three, and then Keegs hits a smooth floater near the end of the first. Liz, I'm just going to shut up and let you just talk about the glorious first quarter performance of Kevin Herter. Well, I'm going to start by first talking about Sabonis, because when Sabonis starts off a game aggressive, this team looks completely different. The past two nights, what he's been doing in the first quarter, getting his early, this team is taking off. When Spox is not playing, Sabonis is the person that takes this team where they want to go and where they need to be. So these past two games, I love that he started off aggressive. Him and Kevin tonight in the first quarter, I think Kevin had like 15 first quarter points. That, like, shoot or shoot, they're going to miss their shots. But Kevin, I kept telling everyone, if Kevin starts driving to the basket, he does backdoors, he goes off the DHO, drives to the basket, things like that, that's going to start getting his game going outside with the three-point shot, and that's exactly what we're watching. So apology forms are needed for Kevin, um, especially these past two games, because he's absolutely killed it. Not only points-wise, he's been crushing it with the rebounds. Defensively, I've loved what I've seen from him. He's staying so aggressive on the defensive end. Obviously, he's not the greatest defender, but you can tell that he's been working on it because if he's struggling shooting, he has to find some other way to impact the game and be able to stay on the floor because otherwise he's not going to be on the floor if he can't play defense. So, yeah, the first quarter was absolutely great. Like I said, Sabonis, having the start that he had, took this team to, I believe it was like a 34-20 um, first point or first quarter end score. So just beautiful basketball to start off this game. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Liz said it best. Like the aggressiveness from Domas was just the best. And I loved his recognition to attack the paint especially and not just go for DHOs with Kevin because he understood that, oh, Chet is on me. He's much bigger and much heavier than Chet, and he was just going at it and, like, scoring at will from in the paint. So I just loved it for, her, for him to 
recognize that mismatch as well, even though he is taller than him, but it was mismatched body weight for sure. Also love seeing Kevin play so well. I'm glad he his shots have been falling and everything. I love the aggressiveness to the paint as well. Um, we weren't just falling in love with the three-point shot, so I love seeing that as well. So right on, Naima. And so to start the second quarter, Kings are up 34-20. Keeks drives from the left baseline, gets fouled and makes two free throws. Keeks then hits a mid-range jumper, so Mitty Keeks is activated. OKC cuts the Kings lead to 10. HB drives on Chet but can't get the layup to go because Chet is Chet Holmgren. You know what's up. Herter drives down the lane, pauses Chet with a nice ball fake, and lays it in. Keeks drives from the left corner again and earns two made three free throws. Keeks with a huge block on Shea. Um, one of the great sequences in the second quarter. Dort steals Domas, then goes down the court for a breakaway, but no he on freaking Ellis gets the chase down block. Then near the end of the half, he goat Murray dunks over Chet. Cheddar Bob Holmgren, look it up. Amazing. First of all, that dunk by Keegan was amazing. I literally got up and screamed like I've never screamed before. I love that from Keegan. And like, I remember there was this one point in the second quarter where uh, he was wide open for a three. And Mike Brown was incensed because he did not shoot the three and he went to the uh, straight to the rim, and he actually ended up getting free throws, um, which I love. I mean, Mike Brown did not like the hesitation, but I did like that because his shot wasn't falling. He decided to try something different and go to the rim. So I just love the aggressiveness. I believe Keegan had like eight points in that second quarter. So um, I just really loved that dunk. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, that because he had that corner three, and mm-hmm. I literally, as he took that dribble and went to the basket, before he got fouled, I had I had never seen Mike Brown jump out of his chair so fucking yep. fast because he was about to get on Keegan's ass. He's lucky that he got fouled because his ass would have been hearing it quite a bit an earful from Mike Brown. But I like that Keegan is being aggressive, and I think that's how you, if you're struggling from outside shooting, that's kind of how you get comfortable, get your little bit of confidence back. You drive to the basket, you draw fouls, you shoot a little mid-range, you get to the hoop, you get a little more comfortable, get a feel for the game, and then you start taking your outside shots. And that's tonight what was working for Keegan. He started to go inside, was driving, getting fouled, making some nice layups. A dunk, that just that fucking dunk that he had was just absolutely crazy. Um, and then his outside shots started falling. So I get Mike Brown wanting to get on him for not taking those wide open threes, but if he's driving to the basket, drawing a foul, or if he's making those layups or things like that, then that's what it needs to be. Um, I believe in the second quarter too. I don't know if it was the first, the end of the first quarter or the second quarter. Sabonis had a no look pass to Kevin Herter. That was a thing of fucking beauty. Holy shit. Um, and then Malik Monk, I believe it was the second quarter. They, I think they got a turnover. They were going down the court and Malik Monk's pass to Kevin Herter, like getting it through the lane. It was so beautiful. I continue just Malik Monk, his passing ability, just what he does. Just even if he's not scoring or whatever, just his playmaking ability is so underestimated for this team. And we are so lucky to have Malik Monk coming off that bench and providing that spark and doing what he needs to do to get everyone else involved. Because we know Malik's going to get his. He's going to get to the basket. He's going to make some threes. But when he gets in the game and he gets the bigs involved, whether it's Sabonis, whether it's Alex Lynn, or it's freaking JaVale McGee, like he will get those guys going and then he'll kind of open up his game and do what he does. So He's been absolutely so crucial, you know, coming off the bench for this team. And especially with Fox out, he's really taking charge 
and kind of leading that second unit. So again, shout out to Link Monk because he's just fucking amazing. 100%. We're talking six man of the year type of things that he's yeah. doing. He, uh, King started off the second half by getting three straight stops on OKC. Regan Murray finally gets his first three of the game. Four minutes to go, Monk comes in and goes full Vinny microwave Johnson and lays in a nice bucket. Isaiah Joe hits a three and the Thunder go on a little run. But then near the end of the fourth quarter, Keegan makes his second three at the end of the third quarter. Uh, fourth quarter, Keegs makes his third three. OKC cut the lead to five. But then, like a good team does, King starts to pull away. Davion hits a three. Sabonis gets smacked in the forehead by J-Dub. What's new? OKC chips away to cut the lead to nine points. Keon slams a dope put back off of a Kevin Herter miss that energizes all of Golden 1. Shea starts heating up and cuts the lead again to five with two minutes and change to go. Then Herter hits a clutch three. The light the beam chance start going with about one minute to go. Glorious game. Just defensively. I mean, Shea is so freaking good. He, he had 33 points tonight. But I thought we made his job hard tonight. I don't think it was an easy night for him. You know what I mean? He wasn't just like getting to where he wanted to go and doing his thing. Like he had a difficult 33 points tonight. I felt like I felt like Keon Ellis had some great defense against him. I thought Kessler came in, was a little physical. Chris Warto is a little physical with him. So I like that they were made they weren't making it easy. And for the rest of the team, I thought the defense was absolutely outstanding. They set the tone early. We were aggressive with them. We were physical with them. Um you know, Domas wasn't, you know, taking Chet shit. He was getting into him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just shout out this whole second half just defensively. You know, the Thunder would get on a little bit of a run, but then we'd, you know, kind of get back and we'd be we'd be okay again. So I just I love the defense that I'm seeing from this team um these past couple of games because we all know last weekend it was absolutely dog shit against the freaking Houston Rockets. Um but yeah, I'm just happy with how they responded, not only against Portland, but tonight. Um OKC is obviously a better team than Portland, but just the defense was fucking amazing tonight. Also, I just wanted to um, say, like, Sasha, like, for him to stay ready, even though he didn't play that entire first half, and he just came in, I think it was towards the third end of the third quarter for him. He hit some big shots, like the three uh, that was end at the was at the end of the uh, buzzer. I believe it won three at the corner as well. So I just wanted to say, like, I... I really respect that he that he didn't even play that first half, but he just came in ready anyway and like hit those shots. Also, Keon Ellis has been absolutely great. Him moving into the starting lineup has definitely changed the dynamic for this team. And I love that he also stayed ready and like he for his opportunity and everything. So shout out to Mike Brown for giving him that opportunity and for Keon to stepping up for stepping up. That dunk off that miss uh shot was awesome too. So just love for Keon. 110 percent and i always say keon ellis is basically a taller davion he's 6'3 he looks like a legit 6'3 6'4 with uh, Mm -hmm. a good wingspan so that just makes a difference because davion you know eight times out of ten usually gets abused by taller combo guards like shea so it's such a difference and um that put back dunk go ahead no, go ahead. Sorry, Dylan. No, I was just going to say how that put back dunk put his athleticism on display. So mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. That swipe down, you, I thought they were going to go up for a layup, but uh, Keon played amazing defense where he swiped down and ended up being a turnover on OKC. So No, uh, Keon is everything. Yeah, and I, solid defense all around. My man's going to get a, a regular contract sooner than later. So oh, for sure. It's happening. Yeah. We need him for the playoffs. Uh, well, and I, I will say two real quick. Um, they played this. I was watching the pregame with Morgan and Matt, and 
they played a clip from Mike Brown basically talking about, you know, the changes with the starting lineup and things like that. And I just love what Mike Brown says because he says the team comes first. And these guys, when I came here, they all bought into that all in contract and, you know, whatever your role is, you buy into that. And it kind of shows these past couple games because JaVale was playing a lot of minutes. Sasha was playing a lot of minutes. Mm -hmm. Those guys aren't playing right now. Like Sasha got his, you know, a little bit of burn tonight, but JaVale didn't get any burn. So it goes to show like how well Mike Brown has this team like together and how they're buying in. So next man up mentality. If you don't play one night, be ready because you might freaking play the next night because someone else isn't doing their job with their defensive assignment or whatever the case may be. Um, so I just absolutely love that these guys, no matter how many minutes they're playing, if they're not playing at all, they're on the bench, they're cheering for their teammates, they're doing their thing, and they're completely bought in to what Mike Brown is selling. And that is so fucking important. When you have a coach that can, you know, you can freaking buy what they sell, like that is so underrated in any professional sports. Your coach has to be able to preach to the players and they have to be able to buy into that shit. Exactly. Seriously, I, I, I sweated this game. Because I, I always give, you know me, I always give teams more respect maybe than some people. But I'm so proud of this Kings team for taking care of business. Uh, Keith, what's up? Woo! Well, I do believe it is that time again. The Kings, the beam has gone up. It's another W. It's time to break it down. You know how we do this. Now, first, ladies and gentlemen, let me be adamantly clear about this. I must take care of some business before I get to my points here. Okay? Now, I put out a tweet earlier today, Daily. Naima, Eliz, I said, hot take, hot take, no Fox, but the Kings win tonight. I said, the Kings will win tonight. I was confident. I don't know why I was confident. I woke up. I ran my miles. For whatever reason, I believed in my heart of hearts the Kings will win tonight. And then somebody wanted to tweet me. Now, listen, I like all of us who follow each other. We're all Kings fans. We're all on the same side here. We all just want the team to do good. But Dylan, I must put Dylan not on blast, but on awareness because – Dylan, this kind of upset me. You hurt my feelings, Dylan, that you wouldn't ride with me on this hot take. Dylan said, at Keith Joganas, I like you and your rant on the Daily Sabonis. I like that, but it is called the Beam Unit. You must specialize what uh, space it is. It is the Beam Unit, not the Daily Sabonis uh, stream. As much as I love Sabonis, he knows I love him. We're like brothers uh, from a kindred soul. But he said, this take is just crazy. Put us down. Put us down for another 20-point loss. Dylan. You broke my heart, Dylan. How could you do it? The game hadn't been played yet. The Kings hadn't even tipped the ball off. Holmgren hadn't even ran his lanky ass down the floor. And you were already putting us down for a 20-point loss. But, Dylan, I forgive you. We all make mistakes because the Kings came out tonight and they were on fire on both ends of the court. A lot of great stuff. We've already touched on a lot of the points here. Liz, you touched on it. Sabonis, aggressive. Secondly, Kevin Herter, welcome to the goddamn party. Red Velvet. That's smooth red velvet right there, man. 28 points. Smooth. Like the velvet on an OG West Stockings fedora, okay? That was great. That was great, Kevin Earn. Now you can go to the mix and party and do your thing because you earned it tonight. You earned it. You knew the weekend was coming, Kevin Herter, and you balled your ass off. God bless you, okay? And then, obviously, the main thing that we all love, Keon Ellis. I mean, listen, we, we talked about it last week. That was not the beam unit. That was not the Kings that we have been accustomed to seeing. And you can call it being shell-shocked by Houston. Whatever the case may be, they had lost that – in my mind, they lost that hunger, that toughness, that grit to prove something those last two games in Houston. And this team came out the last two games. You love to see it because they did it on both ends. Number one, 
They squeaked by against Portland, but they earned that win. That was a hard-fought win, and the Kings earned it from pillar to post, and they got it done, okay? And then tonight, they come out against a team in the Thunder. There were a lot of people on the internet who said the Kings got no shot. The Kings are going to lose. I was skeptical until I said, you know what? They're winning tonight. But they came out. They took it to everybody. And a big part of that, obviously, Keon Ellis. He was tough, man. He plays with energy. He plays with authority. That put-back dunk, him going sideline to sideline, baseline to baseline on the defensive side of the floor, that'll earn you some minutes in Mike Brown's rotation. And then Sasha. Sasha didn't play barely at all, if any, from what I can remember, against Portland. And Sasha came out. Here it is minutes. But the moral of the story is this. It doesn't matter whether you're De'Aaron Fox. It doesn't matter whether you're the Saboner. It doesn't matter whether you're the mixtape monk or the guy selling popcorn in 215. You have to earn your minutes in Mike Brown's system. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. And everybody on the team, I think it's starting to come into picture here. If you're going to be on the floor, you better be contributing. You better be busting your ass on defense. You better be running up and down. Otherwise, you're not going to play. And there is a level of expectations in that system that everybody is starting to really get back in their in their soul and their body and their minds right now. And I love this, okay? So we take care of business. We take care of business against Portland. It was a gritty win. It was a tough win. And then tonight, we just beat the Thunder down, man. We beat them like we stole something. We're going to send them back to Oklahoma. No Thunder for the, the Thunder tonight. However, there is, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, a bright purple beam shooting through the Sacramento sky on this cold November night. We did it again. Hot 500 in a tough Western Conference. Everything given. Nothing earned. You know how I always end these rants. Light the beam. God bless Sacramento. We're on our way. Turn the fucking Jets on. All right. A couple, you know, positive notes, and then I'm going to have to end it with a negative note, but I guess you can shut me down if you don't want to talk about it. But Start with one, the negative and then do the positive. That'd be better. The negative? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for to have a little Harrison Barnes dialogue if you stole $54 million because, I mean, minus the first game, I don't really – he's just – I call him the invisible man, so I don't know if you guys' thoughts on that, if he's just not – flowing in the offense the way it's designed right now or if it's or if this is by design i don't really know but it's kind of getting frustrating the last seven games so we can talk about that first i guess oh we talk about hb all the time um yeah i'm kind of a lurker in here i don't really talk that much but uh yeah it's kind of pissing me off i should say the thing with harrison barnes is i mean with fox out i would like him to be more aggressive but like if we really think about it Harrison's almost like the fifth option in that starting five. Yeah, like, that's true. You have when you have Fox and, and Fox healthy, it's your number one guy. Sabonis is your number two. Maybe Keegan can be the number two. You got Kevin Herter. You know what I mean? You got it's like it's kind of hard for like Harrison to kind of like be the you know what I mean? Like obviously back when Harrison first got to the Kings, he kind of had to be that guy. He had to score a bunch. He had to be aggressive because there was no one really outside of him and Fox that were doing much. But now that we have so much depth on this team, I can kind of understand why he like kind of takes a step back. Um, you know, I think defensively he's actually been really great. I mean, he's getting tough assignments night in and night out that he's been yeah. having to guard. So if he's not a liability on the defensive end, and you know, if he could take a couple shots, get to the free throw line, do what he's doing, um, then I'm totally fine with it. But if other guys are struggling, then definitely he needs to be more aggressive, kind of get his. Yeah. But tonight, I mean, Sabonis had a great game. Monk had a great game. Keegan had a great game. Herter had a great game. So with Harrison Barnes 
really not doing much, I'm okay with that because he really didn't have to do anything. He just had a place in defense and that was it. And to his credit, I, I'm sorry, Naima, really quick. To no, his credit, ahead. though, um, Barnes did play decent defense tonight. He was going over screens this time. Uh, mm -hmm. He didn't get back cut like Herter did, and that's just nitpicking. So, yeah, I totally understand why why uh, he's still a valuable member and he, he still has value to this team. I just don't know if his trade value is that high. Yeah, I don't think it's very high. Yeah. I uh, think also ahead. with HB is like – the team sort of plays at a faster pace than yeah. than he plays as well. I what I've yeah. noticed, like he'll like the team will go be going fast and he'll like sort of slow down and then pass the ball. Like it happened a couple times this game where it could have been like an easy layup if he just passed it off, but he like slowed down the pace. So I think it's not really a criticism to him or his game because he's always played like that. More so, the system of the Kings plays is uh, sort of of a faster pace than he plays at. So I don't know if that's like affecting him or anything, but like you guys said, like he's sort of like down the pole. Who's the who's the guy and everything? So I don't really see that much of a problem. I don't know like if it'll affect later on, but I mean, he took now, eight shots tonight. So I'm ha I mean, he, he you know yeah. he took eight t total shots. He had four threes. He just unfortunately wasn't hitting them. Yeah. So if that's what he does, like I'm totally okay with that. Again, you know what I mean? Like he's if he can rebound, if he can, you know pass the ball around like if that's the kind of stuff that he can do and if he can play decent defense yeah. I'm okay with him kind of taking a step back as long as the rest of the offense mm -hmm. is flowing but if other yeah. guys are struggling then Harrison needs to be more aggressive just yeah. like Sabonis also, needs to be more aggressive yeah although he's <clears throat> excuse me he's more um effective with other forwards like the more physical a forward is whereas like if it's maybe a forward that's quicker than him he, he struggles a little bit so like whenever he guards braun he's pretty good when he's uh guarding lebron so but other sometimes he struggles with faster paced players but yeah 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 i i just the only thing or my mic cut out um the only thing is like i just wish sometimes like on those moments that guy was talking about where it's like like we're giving up a lead they're going on kind of a run i feel like hp has that game where he could like you know how it's a slower pace where he ha he's like one of the few on our team that has like that post-up game where when that's happening i feel like he just needs to take a little more charge and get you know a post-up bucket or something just to kind of slow those runs down that's like kind of the only thing i wish he would do when those runs are happening but i mean other than that i i know he plays really good defense and his leadership is like clear obviously the team loves him on the team so that was my only gripe, uh, the negative. But the positives, uh, this is exactly what I wanted to see from the Kings te uh, team bouncing back from those two Rocket games. Uh, that was just atrocious how they had a team meeting. And this is exactly like without Fox. Like this is perfect way to begin the season, knowing that they can do this if it were to happen again. Um, second, Keegan Murray, if he continues to develop his mid-range and basket game like this, like watch out in the league because like, I know his shot's going to get falling again, like it did at the end of the game, and like it's going to be lights out for the rest of the season, I feel like. And then lastly, we need to sign Malik Monk to a contract because this is his contract year, and like I just can't see him on another team like he has to be on the team. And other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, No, man. Lock Malik Monk in, please. And I really hope he wants to stay. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. But then again, maybe he wants an even a bigger role elsewhere. But, oh, man, it, we need to lock him in, just like we locked in Domas a year early. Uh, I'm hoping Fox and Rise can kind of work some, like, weird voodoo shit or something and be like, 
just stay. It's okay. You know what I mean? Because obviously Malik could probably go to a lot of other teams and start. Um, but he's definitely like the Bobby Jackson of this team. You know what I mean? Like coming off the bench, he just provides so much. So, uh, yeah, they're it's going to be hard to keep him money-wise because they're going to have to pay him quite a bit. Um, but we have Monty McNair, and I have a, I have a feeling he's going to be able to try to work something out. And like I said, I think with Fox being here, that's definitely going to help. I do think he truly loves being in Sacramento. Um, so as long as I don't think we're like digressing and we're getting worse, I think we have a good chance of keeping the league. His skill set is so hard to find, period. He's instant offense, but in multiple mm-hmm. ways, not just a scorer, but as a playmaker, he's literally a pick and roll genius. So we need to oh, keep that pass there. tonight that he had to Kevin Herter. Like Kevin was running down the middle and just that, I was like, holy fuck, like, Sign me up. Like, I was just like, yeah, it was like the Malik Monk that I just love watching. Like, when he obviously scores a shit ton of points, like, I'm all for it. But, like, when he passes the ball, I'm like, <laughs> God damn, man. Like, you can just freaking throw that thing around. You can, you know, like, he t- sometimes, like, threads the needle and tries to, like, throw in the craziest passes. And I fucking love it. Like, even if it turns into a turnover, sometimes it's like, you know, it's Malik being Malik, but. Yeah, tonight that pass that he had to Kevin Herter running down the middle, I was like, I don't know how the fuck you fit it through there uh, because one of OKC's defenders like kicked his leg up and it just got right on through and it was just, it was such a good fucking Yeah, what I love especially about Malik is like no matter how he's playing, he plays with like the utmost confidence. Like that's what you notice from him. He, you never see him really like, like keeping his head down or anything like that. He just has like confidence in, in himself. And I think that's so important as like an NBA player because you're going to go through some like shooting, <clears throat> like some rough shooting and things like that and things won't go your way. But having that confidence, I think, helps a lot. And la- honestly, last year we got like Malik at such a bargain. Like I cannot believe like I think we signed him for like what, nine million or something like that. Um, so yeah, we're definitely gonna have to pay. Him. Yeah, it was crazy cheap. Yeah, if you like, if yeah. we were to keep him, and it's gonna be hard. But I really hope we can get keep him because like he's definitely one of my favorite players on the team. I'm saying Raw Fox and Rese, whatever, fine, like little shit <laughs> right. you can do, voodoo. Nah, man, baby Rain, man, have Rain <laughs> yeah, that's like true. say Malik Monk, and maybe that'll be his first, you know, five words or something. And uh, yeah, that'll be his first word. God, imagine that'd be funny no serious, shit. Uncle Malik. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think it is interesting. Obviously, like Keon got this off of the the Houston game where he he stepped up late, but I'm surprised we didn't see any Colby Jones tonight, and surprised Colby didn't get this slot over him. I guess if that Houston game didn't happen, maybe it would have been. Um, but like Malik's Malik's a bench guy. I think Malik's going to live on the bench, and that's that's where he's going to be um in the future if Keon's not it for this like you know if, if this little moment doesn't last for him I would hope this is the, the the spot Colby can move into if you know assuming De'Aaron's not around for some reason he should be back soon enough right um and I don't know I just I'm just thinking about this this roster overall and who we didn't see play tonight whereas like we just recently saw Duarte seem to be someone that Mike wanted to go to Kessler played big minutes against Portland played a good game. Colby's been great this season yet. We see basically none of the like Colby and Kessler got a couple minutes. Uh, uh, Duarte and Kessler got a couple minutes. McGee has been entirely replaced for Len. Um, and I'm just surprised. It, it, this is more of, I guess what we had seen from Mike 
Brown last year, though, is when he sees something and picks something, he goes with it. Like, and he doesn't deviate from it. He he, he goes tonight. This is what it is. Um, so I guess maybe I should be less surprised than I am. I guess I've kind of talked myself through this, but I think it's curious that we've really seen Colby just moved out of the lineup for this, and those guys just step back. And maybe is Mike searching for things still? I don't know. It's just I've got a lot of questions about where our backup rotation is at. I guess. You know how I feel about the regular season. I, I honestly feel like up until the ulcer break, it's almost lab work. I know I overuse that phrase, but I think it's true. Uh, nobody has their wind back yet. It, you know, it's it, it's hard. The spring tr- um, training camp is so short. It's only a week. So for everyone to get their legs back, it's going to take a while. And I, I think we're going to see really high quality pay, play. At game 40, game 50, because, uh, yeah, and, and I think Mike Brown is still experimenting. Um, and it probably is best to bring Colby along slowly, not to mention he's a rook. So if we play him now, he's not going to be fresh-legged by the time the playoffs comes. So that's what people always say about um, Christian Braun uh, of the Nuggets. They were like, he was so effective in the finals because he had young legs and he didn't get a lot of playing time during the regular season. So maybe that's uh, Mike Brown's play. So just an idea. Um, but I miss him too. I, I think he kind of has that Keon Ellis effect where he comes in the game and he impacts the game in a positive way. Uh, sometimes he does get lost on defense uh, with back cuts and, and just veteran moves like that. You know, I think Chris Paul got one of those crafty veteran fouls on them a few times when they were playing the Warriors. So, yeah, but I, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. As long as we get W's, fuck it. Uh, I do miss the monk, Javel, Mickey, alley-oops and whatnot, but Hey, if we're getting lens slams and, and Keegan dunks, you know, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Well, I think the reason Mike Brown's switched things up is because of the two games against Houston. He just didn't like what he saw from some of the guys. So he wanted to roll, you know, a little bit with Kessler Edwards, uh, a little more of Chris Duarte here and there. Um, you know, Colby Jones hasn't been playing, but that's again what I allude to when talking about like the all in kind of, you know, shit that Mike Brown, you know, preaches is, you know, these guys that are playing now, you know, with Alex Lynn, like he's been absolutely phenomenal in these past two games that he's been getting minutes. I mean, he rebounds, he, blo- I mean, he had a nice block, I believe, on Chet tonight. Um, he got the fuck up there and got that shit out of there. So it's just a next man up mentality. And again, you know, Alex Lynn might have a game where he struggles and JaVale McGee comes back in. I mean, the thing with Malik Monk is, yeah, I love like the JaVale Malik like connection, but like Malik's doing it with Alex Lynn too. So Malik like absolutely just makes so many guys around him like look so good. Um, it's just like crazy how much of a two man game that he can do with these guys. Like it's absolutely unbelievable. So um, we are truly fucking lucky to have a guy like Malik Monk um, coming off the bench. And again, it gives me Bobby Jackson vibes. Like if you guys watch Bobby Jackson growing up, like that's exactly what kind of Bobby Jackson would do coming off the bench. So um, yeah, we are so blessed to have Malik in Sacramento. I mean, he just absolutely fucking kills it. Yeah. I do like that. Mike Brown is actually making use of his bench. I feel like later on in the season, of course, and closer to the playoffs, the rotations will be tighter, but like, why not use the what you have on the bench and see what works and see what kind of lineups um, fit the defensive rotations, fit the offensive rotations. So I like what I see from Mike Brown. I know 
Um, probably in like two weeks, uh, in a few games, we'll have like Javelle playing more again and then Alex on the bench again, maybe Colby Jones being thrown out there again. So um, I like that Mike Brown is actually using his bench and uh, we we know what to expect from Malik and everything. So um, I, I don't necessarily think like what's what he's trying right now, like what Mike Brown's trying right now is going to be exactly what's going to be um, next year um, towards the end of the season. But like I said, you make use of that bench, especially like um, we're paying the bench. So why not? Right. So, yeah. Alan Cal, what's up, man? What's up, Daly? What's up, Liz? Um, sorry for the bad audio. I'm driving home right now. I don't know if anybody was uh, else was there last uh, tonight, but it definitely felt like uh, almost like a playoff atmosphere. I know the the play-in tournament, or not play-in tournament, the in-season tournament is is a new thing, but I, I think it's awesome as a fan of European soccer. They, they have the in-season tournament so um it was a great game kevin obviously had a huge bounce back game uh keegan had his best game of the season uh uh, domas had a casual triple double he's now the all-time leader in triple doubles for sacramento kings players uh so yeah it was it was a great game to go to i was way up in the nosebleeds but it was still awesome and um yeah, that's that's basically it. But um, it was a, it was a, it was a cool game and uh, a great game. I'm glad that uh, we got the win. We looked great. This was probably our best game of the season. And you know, uh, sometimes we look a little bit better just when the other team is missing open shots. And and OKC missed a lot of open shots today. Um, they probably should have scored more points than they did, but uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll gladly take the win. And um, uh, our defense looked good, and uh, our offense looked great. So, and you know, it's nice to get a win without De'Aaron, and and we're going close to five hundred. So, yeah, good. Well, we win. are five hundred. Yeah, we're four and four. So we are. We just hit five hundred. I love it, Al. So. What's up with the in indoor bean, man? Is is it as dope as I think it is in person? Yeah, it's pretty cool. They they you know, like last year they had the players press the button and light the beam, but this year when they press the button and light the beam, they got like a they they shoot a bunch of steam or smoke or something up in the air, so that way when they light some lights up, it actually shows up and it looks pretty cool. Um, Obviously, the outdoor beam is amazing, um, and uh, I yeah I hung out outside for a while, just, just looking at the beam and uh, talking to other Kings fans. But yeah, it was, it was a great, great game, great time, great atmosphere. Felt like a almost like a playoff game. So yeah, uh, really, really cool night. So Al. Uh... Did you happen to hug random strangers like they always do in front of Golden One when the Kings win? <laughs> no, I didn't hug any random strangers. I did take a picture with uh, Casey Carraway, and also I took a picture with Matt Barnes. He was out there briefly. So, um, yeah, so th- that was cool. Matt Barnes, he's he's from Fair Oaks. I'm from Fair Oaks. So, 
Uh, so that was kind of. I loved. Uh, uh, yeah, that was I it. saw. I saw someone with Matt Barnes. They made him a couple T-shirts. One was the, it's like a picture of him and Kobe when he's on the Lakers, and then it's another picture when he's on the Magic, um, basically trying to fake out Kobe. And Kobe just like looks at him like, "What the fuck, dude? Like you're not making." Me man, that play. that moment lives in my head rent free, man. That, that's <laughs> seriously, that's unforgettable. Yeah. Everybody knows but, that moment. But just a cool thing from Kings fans, you know, like like come on, like you. But it's like obviously Kobe, rest in peace. But. You know what I mean? To like print out shirts like that for like Matt Barnes. I just think that's super fucking cool. Um, we just have so like so many great fans and it's so awesome. Like the beam, like everyone going outside and meeting so many fucking people around the beam, taking pictures with each other on the beam. Like that was honestly like the best thing that they could have done for this team. And thank God we're fucking winning because imagine if we weren't winning and that shit was happening, um, we would be absolutely getting trolled. I mean, we mm-hmm. still are, but like it'd be even worse, but yeah, the beam is really unified, um, you know, Sacramento. And it's just, it's super cool. Even on the road, like people will go drive to the beam after a game, take pictures with it. I mean, it's just super fucking cool. So um, shout out to literally, I don't even know, like, have they even told anyone who actually like came oh, yeah. up with the idea? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, um, shout out to them. They better be making fucking a million dollars right now. Yeah, and, and we'll save this topic. royalties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We'll save this topic for the next spaces after uh, after the Laker game. Uh, I think we have a four-day rest, I believe. Um, we play Monday against the Cavs, yeah, so two-day rest. Oh, shit. Did I not see that? Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. But I will say this. There is that controversial question that uh, that new morning host asked. Oh, yeah. As far Chris. as mm-hmm. do we keep the beam if the team starts losing or, or whatever. We'll talk yeah. about that next spaces. Um, I do have some thoughts on that. Anywho, Al, I appreciate you. We appreciate you for sure. All right, y'all. Thank you for coming through. This is another episode of Beam Unit. Uh, See you next time. Thanks for coming through as always. Light the beam. Great win, y'all. Good night. Have a good weekend. Good night, y'all.